Pretty Dece, Pretty Dece, here we go. Facebook.com slash Pretty Show. It's time to geek out with Josh, your host. What's up, everybody? I'm Josh Meek, the Uber Geek. Thank you for tuning in to Pretty Dece, your daily entertainment and pop culture podcast. I just got back from my second day at Gen Con, the third day of Gen Con overall, and let me catch you up on what happened today. So uh, on Thursday, I'd already done a lot of the exhibit hall, so today my time in the exhibit hall was kind of bouncing around, looking at some things that maybe I hadn't spent as much time on the first time through, and then doing some of the other kind of side stuff that I hadn't seen the first day. So one of those big things that I wanted to do that I hadn't touched on at all was the arcade. There is an arcade that you can pay per hour and everything's on free play, or you can get a day pass. So I actually went ahead and got the day pass so I could visit a couple times. So so a few times throughout the day, I ducked into the arcade, played some games, headed out, did other things, came back, and so on. So it was a nice little reprieve when I wanted to get away from the you know main show floor or the the busy you know convention center hallways. Just head on in, into the arcade. The arcade was cool. They had a lot of fun games. The downside was that it was pretty packed. So, you know, there were a ton of people. It was hard to get on some of the more popular games. So there were a couple cabinets that were running uh, MAME and running a ton of different games. So, of course, that's the one that had the really fun games you would want to play, like, you know, um, Marvel vs. Capcom, stuff like that. And... That was just basically full the entire time. So uh, most of the games that were like open, available, were the more, the older games. Stuff that like maybe isn't the most popular. (laughs) Uh, So I I did did play a bunch of that stuff, but I also played a bunch of like NBA Jam and uh, and Blitz. And um, I I played a bunch of Tetris. (laughs) That was actually super fun. Played some Mario Brothers and realized how bad I was at that game. Um, so yeah, the the one downside I think to the arcade was that there were just too many people in it at times. But it was super fun just to be able to kind of bounce around all the machines, to keep playing over and over again, and not have to worry about quarters. I, I did wonder about a weird and 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 you guys might be able to help me with this. It's kind of a um, a decorum thing in a free play arcade. So back in the day in arcades, you would quarter up, right? If if someone's playing a machine and you want you want next, you or like it's a fighting game or something, you want to play winner, you'd put your quarter on the machine that meant you're playing next. Okay, so in a free play arcade, so for example, I was playing Raiden and if you if you don't know what Raiden is, it is a top-down shooter or shmup for shoot 'em up. And I really like Raiden. I'm not good at writing <laughs> at all, but it's it's still fun. Like it's still it's still a cool game. And I was playing it and of course you die quickly, or at least I do. So, you know, I would get game over, I was pressing start, and I wasn't at this machine for very long, but I, I was sensing someone over my shoulder watching me. So, you know, he's just there for a long time and a long time, and I was wondering what in the world And then I realized, okay, he probably wants to play. So the next time that I died, I kind of moved away from the game, went and found something else because I was was being nice. I was letting him play. Then I kind of kept an eye on that dude, and he was at that machine for like 30 minutes after that or something crazy. Like, 
he, I don't know. So it's, he was sort of hogging the machine that he kind of pushed me off of. So I, I don't really know what the decorum is when you're not pumping quarters into a machine. But that was certainly a weird, a weird thing. Because also, Raiden is two players. So he could have been like, hey, you want to play together? But no, he just sort of hovered until I... Uh, until I awkwardly left, <laughs> but but overall the arcade was a really fun experience. They also had some uh, machines that were coin op. They all had them. They had them all set to a quarter, so um, you could put the. Those were kind of outside the normal arcade, so you didn't have to pay the hourly or daily fee to get into those, um, but you'd have to have to pay your quarter. And it's really neat. It's neat that you know a convention that's focused on on board games, tabletop games, this does have this little kind of enclave of uh, of electronic video games. So very cool there. Moving on into other things, um, I, I did do a little bit of show floor time, exhibit hall time, and I was able to pick up the DC deck building multiverse expansion. Uh, that was something that I, I talked about a bit before. So the DC deck building game is really great. There are a million different expansions to it now. Some are very large. Some are basically like whole games in and of themselves. Some are very small packs. There's a bunch of them, and you can't play with all of them at once until now. So this multiverse expansion, I've just read the rules now that I finally picked it up. So it was sold out on Thursday. It was the first thing I did when I got there today was go get in line to, to pick this thing up. Managed to get one. The rules are pretty crazy here. So now you have you have your normal hero that you would have before, but you also have three supervillain uh, champions. So you have to defeat your opponent's champions in order to like kind of bust through to then defeat their multiverse location, and then uh, finally like when when you defeat them all, if you're the last one standing, you you win the game. Um, you also have, so normally in this game you have a lineup of five cards uh, you can buy from. This game has two lineups, so one of the lineups is a multiverse lineup. So there's a randomizer, and you flip the card over, and it tells you what expansion to go get the cards from. So you keep all of the expansions for all of the cards, uh, or for all the different ones you bought, in this box, and then you flip the card to figure out which one you're going to play with. So every game is going to be like really radically different because you're randomly pulling out expansions from the box. There are also special cards in this multiverse expansion that tell you like to go pick an expansion set and get a hero out of it or get an equipment out of it. So your deck that you build will end up being like really varied because you're going to have like cards peppered in throughout all of your different expansions. It's going to make it a little harder to clean the game up, get everything back in in the correct spots when you're when you're picking up. Um, but it seems awesome. It's a really cool way to kind of get all your cards mixed in, get all your cards uh, used, especially the ones that you know maybe are a little bit um, lesser used on your table. You probably have the ones you normally go to, and this will kind of get all of them in rotation. The box that this thing came in too is awesome. It uh, it's huge. So it's got more than enough room for all the cards that have been put out for the game so far. It's got these foam inserts to separate the different sections, and it has these awesome thick plastic dividers that stick up above the cards and and say the set name, so the expansion that that they should be dividing, and they have the art for that expansion on them. And there's one for every single expansion that has come out. 
So really excited Like as I continue to collect the DC deck building uh, expansions and sets that I don't have. I've already got a place lined up and a divider lined up for them. Really cool. I'm excited to transfer all of my cards over into this thing, take this thing to game night, and really try out this like uber crazy version of the DC deck building game. The other thing that I picked up on the show floor, so I was kind of just wandering around, uh, listening to demos, listening to people talk about their games, games that looked interesting. Some some of them I kind of like looked up on like Board Game Geek, and of course there are signs up here and there of like Board Game Board Game Geeks like sort of picks of the show. Like here's the ones that they think are cool. One of those games that had its uh, Board Game Geek sort of uh, badges of honor on them, and I stood around and was listening to a bit of the the pitch for it, was called Summit. Summit the Board Game. This is a game that was in Kickstarter, now is actually released, and it is a game about climbing a, a mountain, basically, basically uh, mountaineering. And you and friends, maybe competitors, depending on the mode you're playing, are attempting to climb to the top of this mountain and climb back down without dying. And you have to like manage resources and plot your route. You can do things that help the other people, and you can also do things that hurt them. That'll affect your karma, so it'll go up when you're helping and down when you're hurting. So you might want to help them to to increase your karma, but then you might have to like screw them over later in order to actually win the game. So it seems like an interesting give and take there where like alliances are going to shift. The people behind might band together for a while to get back in the front and then they'll have to kind of kind of flop around there. Seems really cool. Um the actual designer of the game was a person I was I was listening to describe it and he was really passionate about it and he was like really excited about it. Um so I listened to it there in the morning. The game seemed really cool. And before I left for the day, I swung back around and bought a copy of Summit. So I haven't played it yet, of course. Haven't even read the rules. I've just heard the kind of initial pitch from the show floor. But I'm excited to get into it. So I'm going to read the rules, going to enlist some friends to play it. So expect a future episode of Pretty D's when we dive into the full playthrough of Summit, the board game. And that basically sums up my my Gen Con day. I, I wandered around and kind of saw the other parts of Gen Con that I don't normally see. So Gen Con, if you don't know, it's in the Indiana Convention Center, which obviously is a very huge building. And the Indiana Convention Center is also connected to Lucas Oil Stadium. And if you're not from Indianapolis, Lucas Oil Stadium is where the Colts play. So it's a it's a giant football stadium. There is an underground uh, walkway that connects the two, and Gen Con is so large that it's actually in both locations. Takes up both. Takes up the convention center kind of all over it, and has spread out into into Lucas Oil. So there were there were things going on in Lucas Oil before, uh, like last year, and I'd never been over there. So this year I, I made the walk over to Lucas Oil. Checked out everything that's going on over there. There's there's tons of crazy stuff. That's where a lot of like the anime stuff is. So there's interesting things. Like if you're at Gen Con for like four days straight, you could kind of go explore that whole area all all forever one day. Um, there's there's a uh, there's a comic book reading room where you show up, you pick out a comic, and for free you turn in your your Gen Con badge. You can just sit and read the comic for as long as you want. 
Then you go turn the comic in, pick your badge up, and you leave. That's awesome. Like, what better way to, like, get away from the hustle and bustle of the convention than to go sit and read a comic for a while? Uh, really, really cool stuff. Uh, so, yeah, all all over in Lucas Oil as well. There's, like, anime viewing that was happening over there. There are, like, events and movies and stuff that air. Um, I can't stress enough that Gen Con is, is something that that it's impossible to see it all in four days. It's impossible to even wrap your head around everything that's even on offer. Um, everyone ends up having a different con experience because they, they tailor it to what they're into. Some people just play role-playing games the entire time they're there. There's an entire huge ballroom. You can't even imagine how large it is. That's just Pathfinder. It's just people playing Pathfinder for every single day, all day long. Some people just show up and just play Magic, just play Catan, just play Dominion, and are always in the play space going through those events. Some people just do the exhibit hall. Uh, some people show up and do the arcade for eight hours a day, I'm sure. So you can kind of tailor it to, to whatever you want. Um, so I, I really enjoyed Gen Con. I am already excited about next year. It is, it's one of my favorite conventions every year. Uh, you know, I, the Indiana Comic Con has a very special place in my heart. Uh, PopCon does as well. But Gen Con is just on a scale that is, it is so completely different than any other convention that happens around me, at least. It's, it's much closer to a San Diego Comic Con or anything like that than a, than a local, uh, comic book convention. So, super excited. I love Gen Con. So happy that Gen Con uh, continues to happen in this great city that I get to go to it. So I'll be talking about the things that I picked up and purchased at Gen Con over the coming weeks as I gather friends together and as I get time to play those things. But all in all, Gen Con was awesome.